Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome back to the Grinded Podcast. I just want to say thank you for being a listener. Thank you for watching on YouTube. And most of all, thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family, your coworkers, people you go to church with. Just Because when you share this podcast, you are sharing Jesus with people. You're giving people the opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You're giving people the opportunity to be encouraged. You're giving people the opportunity to opportunity to draw closer to jesus so thank you thank you thank you for uh being a part of the grinded podcast uh in in the last podcast we started in acts chapter 5 and we we looked at ananias and sapphira and how god uh used them as an example because uh, uh, uh and, and basically killed them for their sin and their sin was greed uh selfishness uh they they lied to god they they sold the land and said you know they kept some of it and said uh, that they had sold it for uh, x amount of money and 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 they didn't uh they kept back some of the money and so uh god killed them right there on the spot and and, and basically god was saying that uh that sin and we're unified here we're going in this direction and there's a there's a consequence there's a price that we had to pay for sin and, and I brought up Romans 6:23 the wages of sin is death and death is separation you know we might think that that was very harsh from what God did to Ananias and Sapphira but even today there is a price to pay to sin and if we choose sin instead of doing what is right and we continue to live a, a life of sin there's a price to pay, and that's hell. And you can choose to believe that, or you can choose not to believe that. You know, you can choose to say, "Well, God's loving all; He loves me no matter what." And that's true; He does. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. But it does not mean that His love is going to save you if we continue to live a life of sin. God means business when it comes to sin, and and, and we have been delivered from sin. And I encourage you to read Romans chapter 6 because grace is not a ticket to live a life of sin. And so today I want to pick up in Acts chapter 5 verses 12 through 16. where It says that the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. And you got to remember there's thousands of believers at this point. About seven to 8,000 or maybe even more. And so they need a huge place to, to meet. And, and the temple was ginormous. And it had a huge yard. And so that's where they're, they're meeting at, at the temple. Because there's plenty of room. And it says, No one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Now, one of the things that stands out to me in this passage is the word all. Three letters, A-L-L, all. Every person 
that was brought. And I mean, the word is spreading of what's going on. The power of Jesus' name being preached by the apostles and the apostles working these miracles. The, the word is spreading far beyond Jerusalem. And so the people are coming to Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those, those who are uh, uh, demon-possessed. And they're just hoping that they can get to one of the apostles so that their loved one could be healed. And if they can't get to the apostles, they're laying them in the street and Peter's walking by and just with his shadow passing over these sick people, they were all healed. And I just want to quickly say, if you claim that you can work miracles today, and I'm not saying God can't work miracles. I don't put God in a box. God can do whatever he chooses because he is sovereign and he is God. But I'm talking to you as an individual. If you claim that you can do miracles, you better clean the house out, buddy. You, you better go to the, the hospitals and, and, and wipe out every room and heal every person that you come in contact with because the apostles did not miss one single person. They were all healed. When Jesus was on this earth, he healed every single person that asked him to be healed. He did not miss one single person. So if you're, if, if, if you're dealing with somebody that claims to work miracles and, and, and they, there's somebody they pray for and it's not healed, you might want to watch out. That's just a word of advice. Uh, take it or leave it. So God uses the apostles in such a way that people were laying the sick in the street so Peter can walk by and his shadow even would just pass over them and they would be healed. Every one of them. There's no special word spoken. There's no special healing service. Uh, there's no repeat after me's. There's, there's no kind of show where they're blowing on people or, or hitting them with their coats, doing all these crazy things. No, it's just a shadow. Peter didn't even say a word. He just walked by and his shadow went over those who were sick and laying in the streets and demon-possessed and they're healed, every one of them. But even greater than that, crowds of men and women believe and they are converted to Christ. And so in, in these remaining verses in chapter 5, we're going to see how the enemy is going to try to basically kill the church from the outside and then actually in chapter six we'll see how when that doesn't work and the church continues to grow he's going to work from the inside and by causing division but obviously that didn't work either because here here we are over two thousand years later and the church is still going so in uh, verses 17 through 42 i want to read those and as i read those I want to break it down for you, and we'll finish up chapter 5 in this podcast. It says, The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. Now, these guys are mentioned by name in chapter 4, and you can go back and read chapter 4 or listen to the podcast because I'll talk about that. Uh, the apostles' teachings were very different than the Sadducees, and I talked about that kind of in depth in the last in in, in the uh, in chapter four's podcast. So if you want to check that out, or you can Google it and see uh, what the Sadducees believe. Uh, but uh, it's very different than what the apostles are teaching to the people, and so they're they're filled with jealousy, and they arrest them for a second time. 
But this time they're going to be flawed. They're going to be beaten for their beliefs and for what they're doing since they didn't obey these religious leaders. Uh, you know, last time in chapter four they were arrested and they were told not to uh, not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus anymore. So they tried the intimidation tactic, and so this time they're going to be flogged, as we'll see here in just a little bit. But they arrested them because they are jealous of the attention that the apostles are, are receiving, and. Not only that, but it's challenging their power. And this ruins so many preachers and so many elders and so many Christians and so many churches. Jealousy and power. And that's why they're arrested. It says they arrested the apostles and they put them in public jail. But the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail. Keep this in mind. The angel opens the gates of the jail. And brought them out. And then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. Now, notice where they were to go and what they were to preach. He says, the angel says to them, go to the temple. Now, the temple was a place of death. The temple was where they would bring sacrifices. And I mean, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of sacrifices have been made at the temple because it was the place to sacrifice these animals as a as a sacrifice to God as a way to worship God so they even had a drain that would drain out the blood from all these sacrifices and and, and get it out of there from the temple leading out uh, uh, away from the temple and into uh past the uh, the city um but it, the temple was a place of death. And yet, here's the angel telling the apostles, he says, go preach this message of life. Even though the temple was a place of death for these sacrifices, they're going to the temple to preach life. Why would, why would the angel tell them that? Because John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, if you don't have Jesus, you may be living, but you don't have life. He is life. Jesus is life. And I'll explain that by reading Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, when Paul says, and you were dead in your offenses and sins. You were dead in your offenses and sins. In which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised up with him, and seated, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So in other words, if you are not in Christ or before you were in Christ, you were dead. You were a dead man walking. 
But once we came to Christ, once we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, then we were made alive together with Christ. That's what I mean by what I, uh, what I was saying. That the temple is a place of death, but the angel says, you go preach this message of life. And that's exactly what they did in verse 21. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. Now, what I want to point out here is the boldness. I mean, look at the boldness. Never, not one time did these men question the angel. Well, what's going to happen to us if we if we go back? You know, don't, don't you know what they said? They, I mean, they just put us in prison for a second time. So obviously, something bad is going to happen here. No, that's not what happened. They go immediately to the temple and they immediately begin teaching and speaking and preaching about the name of Jesus or in the power in the name of Jesus. Boldness. Not one time did they hesitate to be obedient. What faith? How many times has God told us to do something or or it, it placed on our heart to do something and, and instead of being obedient to God and doing what He has told us to do, we, we kind of were hesitant we're, because of fear. We're afraid somebody's going to laugh at us. We're afraid somebody's going to make fun of us. For, there's all kinds of reasons we're hesitant. And we miss out on a blessing. But not only do we miss out on a blessing, but those people that we were supposed to go to and we didn't, there's no telling what they missed out on. Because God was wanting to do something in their life. And, and we didn't do it. We were hesitant. We were not obedient. And here these guys are, they're being arrested for the second time. And the angel releases them from prison and says, hey, you go back to this place of death, the temple, and you preach life. And that's exactly what they do. They never hesitate. And so when we come back from break, we'll finish up Acts chapter 5. My name is Dinah Grace Hawk, and I started a movement of empowerment. I focus on Revelation 12:11, which states that we will overcome, conquer, and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we will not love our own lives even unto death. See, sharing testimony squashes pride. It empowers, it strengthens, it encourages, and it heals. This whole movement is focused on sharing our testimony, our walk with the Lord, how he's using us in this life to empower others to do the same. By doing this, we will overcome anything that this world can throw at us because we are covered by the blood of the Lamb. Every week from now till the end of the year, I'll be highlighting a different woman in the ministry and they're going to share their testimony. Tune in every Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, either on Facebook or Instagram at Dinah Grace Hawk, and you get to be a part of this movement too. I'll see you there. So they're arrested again, uh, and, and this time it's overnight, and the angel has come, and, and he has helped them to escape, and he says, you go to the temple, this place of death, and I want you to preach this message of life. And they don't hesitate. They immediately go to the temple, and they immediately, with full of boldness and confidence, they preach and teach in the name of Jesus Christ, just like the angel has said. And so it says, when the high priest and the officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Now this would be what is called the Sanhedrin. They are made up of 71 
individuals, with the high priest being the chief officer. They are mentioned 22 times in the Greek New Testament, and Jesus himself was brought before the Sanhedrin when he had the mock trial to be crucified. They were very powerful. They were very rich. They were the governing body for Israel, and what they say goes. That is, unless you're one of the apostles and you're following Christ, right? So they sent for the apostles to be brought from uh, the jail for trial. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. And so they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked. Remember what it said? The angel had opened the gates of the prison. And now here it is. The jail was securely locked. The angel opened the gates of the prison, yet the prison doors are still locked. Now, how does that happen? I don't know. Miraculously, that's how it happens. Some things we just can't explain, but it happened. And, and you're going to see, they, they really can't explain it. They're perplexed, it says. So it says, that the, uh, um, it says they returned to the council and they reported the jail was securely locked. Uh, with the guards standing outside when we opened the gates, no one was there. So not only was the gates locked, but the guards are standing outside the gates and they never knew that the apostles were escaping. It's, just, it's a miracle. Don't know how to explain it. No, just being honest. It's just a miracle of God. When the, ta when the captain of the temple guard and the leading priest heard this, they were perplexed. Yeah, I bet. Wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with the startling news. The men that you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. That's exactly what they told him not to be doing. And yet there they are doing it again. Now can you imagine what is going through the Sanhedrin's mind? Here's these big, powerful, rich men who's used to getting their way and intimidating the people and you know, I told you, you don't speak or teach in the name of Jesus anymore. Do you understand? Well, we're going to obey God rather than men. That's what Peter and John's answer was to uh, these, uh, these, these religious leaders. And so they've tried to intimidate them, and that didn't work. And they put them in jail a second time out of jealousy, and that didn't work because they've escaped through locked doors without the guards noticing them. And now they're back at the temple preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. So verse 26 says the captain went with his temple guards and he arrested the apostles a third time, but without violence, for they were afraid of the people would stone them. And then they brought the apostles before the high council, the Sanhedrin, where the high priest confronted them. And you can just hear the anger in his voice. We gave you strict orders not to again to teach in this man's name, he said. And he wouldn't even mention the name of Jesus. But instead, you have filled all of Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. Well, guess what? You are responsible for his death. You were the very ones who condemned Jesus to die and to be crucified, and you are the ones who sent him to the Roman authorities to be crucified. You demanded it, and you got your way. You are responsible and so here comes the boldness again from the apostles in verse 29. It says, But Peter and one of the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human authority. 
The God of our ancestors, meaning it's the same God that you claim that you serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him. There it is again. He, just like in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they're saying this, and the apostles backing them up, saying, you killed Jesus. You've done this. You could just see and hear the boldness in these men. He says, uh, God raised him from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on a cross. Uh, then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as the prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit who is given by God to those who obey him. So it's as if they are telling these men directly to their face, these powerful leaders who think they know God and who think they are serving God, they're, these apostles are telling these men that they really don't know God because they are disobedient to his will. And if they would be obedient, then they too would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now get this in verse 33. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided, we're going to kill them. They got to get out of here. We're going to kill this thing. We're squashing this bug right now. And they're trying to show their power. We're going to show you who's boss. We're going to get rid of you just like we did the one you say follow. You follow Jesus. But if God sent an angel to deliver them from the jail, what makes these men think that they can kill these apostles? Their power is deceiving them. And so verse 34 says, But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, he stands up and he orders the men uh, to be sent outside the council chamber for a while. And so he's going to talk to his fellows. And he says, fellas, if this is from God, you ain't going to stop it. As a matter of fact, if you keep going on and it is from God, you're going to be fighting against God. Well, I'm arguing that they already are fighting against God. Because it's God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, working through these men. And they're trying to stop these men. They want to kill these men. They are, they're not fighting against these men. They are fighting against God working in and through these men so verse 40 says the others accepted his advice Gamaliel's advice and they called in the apostles and they had them flogged and then they ordered them never to speak in the name of Jesus again and they let them go so each apostle present the the Roman authorities could give 40 lashes but under Jewish law they could only receive 39 because they didn't want to make sure they didn't go over 40 because god said you don't go over 40 so they they kept it at 39 just to be safe and so each apostle present would receive 39 lashes just like jesus did right before he goes to the cross and hangs in the hot heat of the day for six hours right and then dies so the apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Two things that I noticed here, and I want to point them out to you. Even though God delivered the apostles out of the jail and told them to go to the temple and preach in the name of Jesus, he did not stop the flogging. They were still beaten for their faith. 
you know, and a lot of people, just because they become Christians, they think the bad things are going to stop happening to them. And, and that, that's, that's a lie from Satan because that, he's trying to discourage you. Just because we follow Christ and we're filled with God's Holy Spirit does not mean that God's just going to stop all the bad stuff from happening. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it just does not work that way. But what we do is we have hope. What we do is we look to Jesus. When the storm comes, we look beyond the storm clouds and we look at the sun. We look at Jesus for our hope and we're asking him to deliver us. And he promises that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So, so, so when bad things come our way, we have a hope that the world does not have. And, and, and so I just want to point out that these men are as, are as close to God as a person can get. And God is working miracles through these people, through, the, through these men, and he, they are preaching and teaching about Jesus. Their life is 100% all about Jesus. And God did not stop the flogging. But they never paid attention to the flogging. They never paid attention to the pain. In fact, it says they left rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be flogged. I don't want anything bad to happen to me or my family or any of my friends because we love Jesus and we serve Jesus and we want to live for Jesus. I like the freedom that we have. But if you take a look around our world today and our society and the way it's going, there, it just seems to me that persecution is coming back. And and I hate I don't want to say I welcome persecution, but there's one positive thing about persecution: the church thrives and grows great under persecution. You see it in other countries even today. But what I want you to understand is this. God did not stop the flogging. And just because you serve Christ does not mean that bad things are not going to happen to you. But the good thing is you have a Savior who has been through everything that we could go through. And he knows how we feel and he knows the pain that we're in. And so he can sympathize with us and he does sympathize with us and he will bring us through it. The Bible says over and over again, it came to pass. It came to pass. And the second thing I want you to notice here is that they rejoiced because they were beaten for serving Jesus. You know, like I said a while ago, we, we can't even speak up for Jesus. We're afraid to go to somebody who needs our help in the name of Jesus because we're, we're afraid. We're full of fear. We're afraid that somebody's going to make fun of us. We're afraid that somebody's going to laugh at us. We're afraid that somebody's going to belittle us. These guys are getting beat to a pulp with 39 lashings with whips that have bones and, and metal in the ends of it. And it's ripping the flesh off their backside. And they're rejoicing because they, 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 they had counted themselves worthy to suffer disgrace. For the name of Jesus. And yet we can't even open our mouths for the name of Jesus. Because we're afraid that somebody's going to mock us or make fun of us. 
God give us the boldness that these apostles had. And the display of that boldness, look where they go and, and what they do. It says in verse 42, And every day in the temple, every day in the temple. They, went by, they were just beaten and told not to preach or teach in the name of Jesus again. And this is the second time that they've been told that. And this time they're persecuted, they're beaten for it. And yet they go right back to the temple and from house to house, verse 42 says, and they continue to teach and preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. They continue to preach the message of life, just like the angel had told them to do. They were warned, they were beaten, but they never quit speaking, teaching, preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. What would it take for you and me to have the boldness of these men? We're filled with the same Holy Spirit that they have. Why can't we have the boldness that they have? Can you imagine if we would just be bold with our faith and allow God to work through us the mighty things that God would begin to do through His church. Let's do it. Let's, let's be bold with our faith and allow God to use us and be glorified through us. What do you say? Let's do it. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life.